Hi everyone, you're listening to the Campaign Podcast, brought to you by Campaign Magazine. I'm Omar Oaks, Campaign's media and tech editor. And I'm Brittany Kiefer, the creativity and culture editor. Hi Brittany, how's your week been? Are you enjoying the snow? Are you getting snow in East London or is it, is it too warm for snow there? <laughs> no, it's snowing here too. I, I walked in it yesterday and it was very icy and treacherous actually, so I wouldn't recommend that without proper footwear. Oh yeah, I, I, um, I don't go out when it's snowing at all. I am... Um, <laughs> I had a rather embarrassing moment 10 years ago where I slipped over on a Pelican Crossing even though I was walking so slowly and the ice still got me and this was in the middle of the road where there shouldn't be ice anyway but um, no I, I, I don't like snow only if I'm skiing which I've done once that's the only time I like it okay well you can't give up Omar it can be very magical go on a walk someday yeah I think we should actually move Christmas to February as controversial <laughs> as that sounds because then we'd actually might be get a white Christmas oh, that's a good a idea but, um, anyway um, has this given you more time to watch The Sopranos? Are you still at 7 out of 10 or is it getting better? Yeah, I'm going to stick with 7. I would like to see Tony Soprano have a real psychological breakthrough and he hasn't done that yet. So I'm waiting for that to happen. <laughs> Many listeners have basically seen the whole thing and they know what you don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Brittany, no interview this week. Uh, we wanted to spend time in this episode talking about what's in the February issue of Campaign which has just dropped. Plus, it's a chance for us to take a deep dive and look at this year's crop of Super Bowl ads, uh, which brands stood out and how the pandemic might have impacted this big event in the commercial calendar. And to help us make sense of it all, I'm very pleased to welcome Maisie McCabe, Campaign's UK editor, onto this show. Maisie, thanks very much for joining us. Where does lockdown find you? I'm in southeast London and it is currently snowing here as well. Snowing everywhere. Um, now, Maisie, you became UK editor last year and uh, it's fair to say pretty extraordinary circumstances What with, you know, a pandemic and all that. Um, <laughs> I'm struggling to remember how many times we've actually seen each other since um, you were announced as editor all the way back in last March. Um, how have you found it in such interesting times? Um, well, actually, when I was promoted, I saw you that day and that was in March when I was still on maternity leave. Um, so the so the for the first six months or so, I was looking after my children, um, which was nice in many ways and difficult in lots of others. Um, and then I started back at work in October, so it's been a bit of a, a switch. There are some advantages from not having to kind of trek ten miles across London every day, um, but you know it's really difficult not seeing you guys and not being in the same space to kind of talk through things and you know share ideas and tips and. Um, you know celebrate our victories I know I know I I just I honestly can't imagine we, we have so many pieces from people in the industry talking about the future of work and how it's going to be hybrid public working at home all the time and yes I get that but I just can't imagine working at home all the time like this but actually choosing to do it I just I really miss the times we're in the office together and getting to to have chats about you know the work and what we're up to and just little things and it's it's weird I miss Omar spontaneously breaking into song. Do I do that? <laughs> yes, you do that. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> oh, there was. I used to work with a guy when I was on a local newspaper, and basically, if you would say anything that had resembled a song lyric, he would just break into song. So, if you like, <laughs> if if somebody said "baby," he would just say "call me baby." You know that song. <laughs> it's "call me maybe" actually. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So, so I'm the worst version of him. Never mind. <laughs> you, I, I like that you. I like that you saw that though, Omar, and you were like, "Yeah, I want to be that guy in my next office." <laughs> I'm going to emulate that. 
Yeah, um, his name is Stuart Amos. He was the sports editor at the time, and we used to call him Samos. So this is a shout out to you, Samos. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. I'm, I'm sure he is. Um, I, I mentioned my discovery of Call My Agent last week, and that's actually thanks to your tip, Maisie. Uh, Maisie, what media are you consuming to unwind nowadays when you're not watching stuff on Netflix? Um, well, to be honest, I, my, I have very little unwinding time, really, if I'm honest. Aww. So sort of, yeah, if we get 45 minutes post kind of tidy up, um, before going to bed, then we're pretty lucky. So um, we were actually mainlining um, community. Oh, yeah. Like an oh, old, yeah. That kind of, yeah, because that's sort of sometimes the kind of either that or like university challenges sort of our kind of level of, um, you know, emotional engagement <laughs> at the end of a lost day, a long day at the moment. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I have books I hope to read. <laughs> yes, I, I have a list on Goodreads, the the reading app, where it's just like four hundred books I'll never read. But never mind. Uh, stuff that we should, that readers should be reading, is the February issue of Campaign. And um, we're we're always very excited when um, the magazine drops out. I don't think there's any better media creation than just a blank book of paper that we can just put whatever we want on there uh, and it's brand safe and it's all our wonderful work that our designers do and our journalists write um i think it's fantastic and this issue is no exception um we've brought back the headliner we've got maureen mclennan from mnc sarchi bringing back headliner we've got pieces from andy nairn dave die kate mcgee's written a really interesting post brexit britain piece exploring what's in the deal and what matters to our industry sir martin sorrell sarah bauman chris hurst is in that and a retrospective from tess alps looking back on her career um so lots of good stuff in it Maisie. um we're going to focus on two pieces in particular but before we do that um how was it to kind of bring out this issue and what stood out for you um it's been good we obviously started planning in December um we didn't have an issue in January because we had the joint December January issue um and so that gave us a little bit more time um obviously kind of you know the biggest piece in there is one by Brittany which is is really powerful and really interesting really sensitively done um and I'm I think we're coming on to speak about that yes you're nodding (laughs) so um uh and and it's difficult to know you know you've kind of whether to pull out a theme across the whole piece or just have lots of really interesting things that kind of all individually appeal to the separate bits of the industry. Um, I think we've gone for the latter this time. Um, so hopefully there's some in that stuff in there to inspire people, you know, informative things, um, and also some pieces to kind of encourage us to think differently and think about how we can create a better more inclusive industry absolutely um and um, we actually tweeted um, the front cover over the weekend we're recording on tuesday we did that over last weekend and um, we're really striking um cover image to go with britney's piece which is about neurodiversity um and britney um just explain uh, it might be difficult for people on social media seeing this image in isolation for those that haven't seen it it's um it's it's like a it's like a man's head and half of it is kind of the inside uh, of his, of his uh, what's inside the head, uh, and it looks quite striking. And some people might have just reckoned that this is just a random man that we put, but it's actually someone, isn't it, Brittany? Explain what's going on. Yeah, it's Aidan McClure, who's the creative leader of Wonderhood Studios, and I spoke to him as part of the piece. He has dyslexia, and he's um, very 
he was very open about his experiences. But yeah, it was actually funny trying to explain it to him as well. When Chris, our art editor, told me the idea, I then had to relay it to Aiden. And I think it's inspired by Damien Hurst, right? Like some of his kind of anatomical artworks. Maisie, you might remember. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Aiden was up for it. He was up for having his head split open on the cover. (laughs) Yeah, he was very gay, wasn't he? So obviously, um, you know, I think one of the great things about this piece is how Brittany has really sensitively discussed, um, you know, people's lived personal experiences. Um, and, you know, it's obviously takes a lot of work and care and attention to deliver a piece like this. And, you know, she should be really proud of it. Oh, thanks, Maisie. Um, so, so what are the key takeaways? You obviously spoke to a number of people working in this industry and um, issues around neurodiversity. And actually, at the, you actually go into explain different types um, of um, condition that are prevalent in the industry what are the the kind of key takeaways in terms of how people deal with it how things have changed over time in terms of how people have managed that well maybe it would be helpful for me to kind of explain first like what inspired this piece um, and then I can go into that but last year during the first lockdown I met Charlotte and Sunny who are a couple who both work in advertising as creatives and well we met on zoom but um they had just won a DNAD pencil in the side hustle category for an art project that they started with their son, Woody. And Woody is eight years old now, but when he was three, he was diagnosed with autism. And there's a perception of people with autism not having much empathy, as Charlotte explained to me. But from the time that Woody could speak, he really surprised them and kind of defied their expectations of what autism was. And he always had a real way with words and he would come up with these really unique expressions to describe things in different situations. And Sonny, who's a um, art director, he was so inspired by the things that Woody used to say and they would call his expressions Woodisms. And so he started creating these prints and cards just using some of Woody's phrases. And it turned into this whole online shop. They're also sold in some like real actual stores. Um, and like I said, one a DNAD pencil, and they're just really beautiful sayings. Like there's one that we have in the piece. He's holding a print. It says, um, "I wish we were the only people on board this planet." And so it's like he's this born natural copywriter, and it really um, got Charlotte and Sunny thinking about um, what if this industry that we've both worked in for you know really long time. can it accommodate people like Woody who is this naturally creative person but maybe doesn't fit the mold of you know a corporate structure or like a classroom where you're expected to perform in a certain way so Woody's story kind of always stayed with me since I met them and then um not long after that I was having a conversation with Rick Brim who's a creative leader of Adam and Eve and he just opened up to me about this experience he'd had where he was speaking to his friend who's a psychologist and and his friend said, you know, you show signs of ADHD and it really surprised Rick, but then he started to realize like, um, actually it kind of all fell in pla- into place for him, like the way his brain worked. And he doesn't have a formal diagnosis, but he started to think about how um, his brain worked differently and how he had learned to harness certain things and curb other things as an adult and found this career that really suited him in advertising. And as I was talking to Rick, we both kind of realized like, there's probably quite a few people like him who have similar stories across this industry. And when I, so I started looking into it and 
what's really striking that I learned from this piece of the course of doing it was just how many people in the industry already are neurodivergent and we're not really talking about it and people aren't really aware of it but you know the numbers are something like in the UK generally about 15% of the population have one or more neurodiverse traits in the ad industry that figure is higher so creative equals has data that says it's about 18% but Universal Music, which did a report on the creative industries as a whole, thinks it could be actually double the proportion of the population in the creative industries that are neurodivergent. And that's really um, striking to me that this is an industry that already is very neurodiverse. And so why is that? Well, there are studies that show kind of a correlation between neurodiversity and creativity, but also this is an industry I think that's a little um, less traditional than some others and kind of welcomes in people who think differently. Um, so some people I spoke to, like Aiden, said, you know, with advertising, it was the first time in my life that I felt like I could do this quite well and I could do it even better. Um, and so this piece just kind of explores like are there things that the industry could be doing better to welcome in neurodiverse people? Um, you know, and if it did, if it welcomed those people, if it helped them foster, you know, thrive in their careers, they could probably make some of the, the best work and make this industry even better than it is. I think that's really interesting. And um, I can't help recalling um, last week, uh, the interview we did with um, Rob Pierre from Jellyfish. Um, he was talking a lot about how you, you, you do a job, you get really good at it. Now I'm thinking about these creative leaders within agencies um, and they rise to, you know, Rick Brim's level where they become a chief creative officer and suddenly you have to manage people. And I guess if you're not cognizant of um, neuro neurodiverse issues and the prevalence, um, suddenly you're <laughs> is there, is there a recognition that different the different sorts of personalities that are coming into advertising maybe don't fit that traditional model of you know you you rise high in an organization you become a manager of sorts yeah in some ways like wayne deacon from huge said to me um sometimes this industry still is a bit a state agent like it still <laughs> conforms to a certain corporate model of like how a business <laughs> should be run oh, um, and i think that's true to a degree but i think we're at an interesting turning point where a lot of people are thinking about how they work and how they could work better because we've been forced into this new way of working um and when we go back to the office it won't be in the same way for a lot of people so it's an interesting time for companies to think about how do we make these spaces accommodating for all types of minds um and i think that like i just want to quote rick because he said something really powerful he said um him learning about the way his own mind works he said what it's given me is a tolerance of other people who struggle with different ways of thinking our industry is better for having those people. The more of a safe place we can make this industry for people who think in different ways, the more exciting and individualistic the thinking will be. So that's the big takeaway for me from that from that story. There's also some lovely photos of people's front rooms. Yeah, I love looking into their living rooms. <laughs> really stylish front rooms. Makes me very jealous. It's, it's only made um, TV news more interesting. Constantly looking at inside people's living rooms and the wonderful yeah. books that they have on their shelves. I don't have any. I don't have any books. We're sending Colin out. So Colin Stout, our photographer, has been out and taken some 
um, new pictures for the piece, which um, which look lovely. Oh, I'm so jealous of Colin getting to go out and see people. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I also wrote something um, for the magazine this month. Um, I've written, uh, we've done a survey of media agencies and what they think in 2021 about the main three sales houses um, in the UK. There are essentially three big Uh, TV sales houses that sell uh, commercial TV and that's ITV they have about 45% of the market that includes STV in Scotland Sky 30% and for sales Channel 4 which has 25% Uh, we asked media buyers to give scores out of 10 for leadership strength their digital offer creativity delivering what they say they will do and diversity and Channel 4 came top, but I should say there wasn't a huge amount of difference between these three main sales houses. Um, ITV, uh, they came out for the strongest for the leadership team and Sky had the strongest digital proposition. Uh, now, Maisie, um, you've done a um, similar-ish feature, I guess, in the past. Um, how did the, um, I wrote it, but um, obviously you read it um, and advised on it. How, what, what struck you mostly in these findings? I think the the fact that they all performed quite well is um, is quite interesting. I think there's lots written about how the end of TV and how people don't watch it anymore. Um, but it's, <laughs> you know, it keeps on going. Um, and I think, as you say, it's interesting that there, there is such similar kind of scores between the different broadcasters. It shows that on the whole, the three of them are doing pretty well, which maybe isn't the you know, most kind of headline grabbing story, um, but is comforting from a, you know, an advertiser and an agency point of view. I think when we first did it, um, ITV struggled, but they had their, you know, their sort of turnaround at the beginning of the last decade um, and end up coming on, on top in 2014. Um, but it'll be quite interesting to see what happens over this year. We've obviously got a new chief revenue officer in Veritza at Channel 4 um, and Tim Pearson going over to Sky. Um, so you'd imagine that, you know, they're both really clever former planners, as I think you indicated in your column. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what change they bring about. Um Yes, my column this month in the magazine, um, I mentioned how media planners in particular are becoming hot property in this industry. And you mentioned um, Tim Pearson. We've also had people in the past 18 months like Claire Peters, uh, Kate Waters um, from Creative Agency now go to ITV. Um, Lots of people who are not only strategic thinkers, but actually on the media agency side have been quite close to managing client relationships. I think what you're seeing is this trend of the broadcasters, frankly, needing to sell TV more than they did before. Um, because as you say uh, we kind of like to joke around how no one was watching TV it's not true we've just been talking about the Sopranos <laughs> and other TV shows um, but but particularly for young she's not watching that on commercial telly though now TV uh, yeah, <laughs> now TV yeah <laughs> not illegal downloads uh, um, but no um, TV is becoming more fragmented it's harder to reach audience so frankly these broadcasters need to work a bit harder and so you're seeing um, quite strong agency um, people um, go into them so it's quite an interesting trend that we're seeing and also go into the new brood of performance agencies that we um are increasingly covering like the brain labs and the jellyfish we had jellyfish last week talk about tom roach from adam and eve ddb lots of interesting planning hires and i think that's something we might see continue as brain power becomes uh, more important relative to buying power which is what we've seen in the past um so lots of interesting things for this year um let's talk about some work shall we yeah um Brittany, what stood out um, for you in the UK before we get on to stuff 
across the pond. Uh, my favorite out of the week is Virgin Media. Have you seen it? Indeed. Um, so I thought it was good. So it's interesting because Virgin Media is kind of taking a more sentimental tone lately. When Adam and Eve first started working on it, their first couple ads for them were kind of irreverent, had a bit of a dark humor to them. Um, and now I think, you know, during lockdown, they did some more emotional ads about being in lockdown and staying connected to each other. But this ad tells kind of a classic love story, but in the gaming world. So it's about um, two players who meet in the game and they're, I think they're competing against each other and then they decide to play, uh, team up. And then the game ends and they feel a bit lost and they're kind of missing each other. And then they decide to take their relationship to the next level with a video call, which is very of this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's it's sweet. I like it. I think it's sentimental without being too uh, emotional uh, or too cheesy. But um, I thought it was nicely done. Um, a good story. There's more coming now. Watch out. Okay, cover me. On your left, on your left. There's like six coming towards us. You had them, right? I didn't want you to fall left out. Yes, um, this work was written by Edward Usher, Adam and Eve DB, Adam and Eve DDB, rather. Um, art directed by Xander Hart and directed by Frederick Planchon through Academy. Uh, Maisie, what did you think? You know, I, I'm a bit of a softie, so I was touched <laughs> by the kind of we're allowed to do a, a spoiler um but the kind of you know the sweet kind of virtual getting together at the end um i think i think it's probably a testament to my lack of um knowledge and experience of the gaming world that <laughs> i s- sort of felt like the interaction in the game was a bit um constructed but i mean it is obviously virtually constructed <laughs> with computers um so that's what we says more about me and my kind of um luddite uh, nature than anything else um but i think you know at this time when everyone's going through so much you know emotional encouraging kind of emotional connections between people and people and brands is a great strategy really yeah i think people have an appetite for that just like a good love story and some uh tugging at the heartstrings i think the director did the the french exchange yeah ad. um so it's obviously kind of you know he he likes his romantic stories yeah this is definitely up his alley well, Maisie, if you want to mug up on your gaming, we've got the Campaign Gaming Summit coming up <laughs> next month, the 21st of March, I Good believe. Um, no, it's, it's, no, it's really interesting. And just last week, we talked about that um, Pringles ad, didn't we? And the zombie game tie-up yeah. with uh, the Xbox that they had. Um, and I, I think um, it's time it's time for another piece of work on that, I think. I'm, I think I'm, I want to pitch something to you, Maisie, about another feature <laughs> we could do on gaming. Because no, it's it's really interesting and lots of, interest, lots of um, things developing. Particularly what I'm interested in the rise of esports becoming more than just sports franchising and it's becoming more interesting that space in particular i think yeah i mean the audience is so huge aren't they and i think yeah. because if you're not in that world you can kind of you know not have it you know you don't even know how it exists um but we've we wrote a piece a couple of years ago i think you wrote a piece a couple of years ago about gaming and what sort mm. of advertisers need to know um and it's clear that that space has just grown and grown since then so it's definitely something we all need to learn more about there are lots of opportunities and lots of really engaged audiences in that world yeah um 
and there's things you you just don't know. Like I went to the University of Warwick, and in my second year, uh, like a lot of people, we lived in Leamington Spa in the second year, and I only just learned a few months ago that Leamington Spa is basically the gaming capital of Europe. Like half, yeah, yeah. It, like the statistics are crazy. It's something like half, like forty percent of people that have jobs in Leamington Spa work in a gaming company. It's wow, extraordinary. Why is that? uh i i don't know the history but, uh, it's it's just over time it's just over time one game company started and you know how like little um silicon valley type things just emerge and yeah it's been going for a uh, while i did actually know that it's quite fun isn't it you kind of you think of it of being kind of a sort of quite genteel it's got that you know i mean it sounds like you know it'll just be sort of people walking around having tea and things but actually it's, <laughs> uh, it, do, it, it does seem like that but also uh, at the time anyway uh, the crime statistics were actually there were more crime per person than in nearby Coventry which uh, was oh, surprising really? to many at the time but anyway I digress I digress well, and they weren't uh, all you Omar <laughs> yeah I, I didn't change things either way I assure you uh quick mention for Churchill can we talk about the Churchill ad the dog is back and he, he's on a slide <laughs> I thought I might mention that what, what's going on with this one Brittany I guess I keep insisting on us talking about this because I started out kind of ironically liking the dog and now I really am a fan <laughs> I think it's actually pretty well done in it. Um, you know, it's a, a nice ad break. I saw it on real TV the other night. and Real TV? Wow. Yeah, like watching it live. And the wow. ad came on. That never happens to me anymore. <laughs> Should life come to a stop? We'll give you up to £100 for immediate expenses so you can keep moving. Oh, yes. Chill. Churchill. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's a be- better than the um, the version of the mascot they had before. What with it when you go? Oh no 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 no! <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> Oh, I miss that dog. Uh, Maisie, do you do you like this version, Churchill 2.0, if I can call him that? I have to say, I when he got a little bit stuck on the slide, I felt some sympathy. You know, it sort <laughs> of took me back to some, you know, painful moments of my childhood. Um, and, it, you know, I thought it was fun. I thought there's a, there's a big debate um, brewing, I think, about the role of popular advertising um, versus kind of clever kind of witty hard to understand advertising mm. and and I think um, and it's one obviously that we at campaign want to sort of encourage and talk about and I think sometimes you know mascots and jingles and things are seen as old-fashioned um, but the key thing for some brands is obviously reaching their customers in a way that engages them um, and so for some brands you know kind of fun animal characters you know work really well and who doesn't love a dog on a slide or a skateboard uh maybe not the dog but um i suppose this this, this isn't a real dog so it doesn't <laughs> how do you know that? yeah I, I should i should ask them really shouldn't i is it a real dog should i i should know that already <laughs> can't oh it can't be a real dog surely it looks quite light real light lifelike <laughs> maybe that's an investigative piece i'll do next you never know what you can find when you go behind the scenes of these things. Uh, this one was um, created by Engine. Uh, the work was written by James Hodson, art directed by Jason Keats, and directed by Sam Pilling through Pulse Films. Um, well, if you want to look at some silly ads, what better place to look than the Super Bowl? You guys don't watch American football, do you? No, I have no interest in sports generally, but it was a really big day for my hometown. I'm from Tampa. Uh, today. They played, I presume, Tampa. 
they're one of the teams. Did you not know? Did you not know? I know that Tom Brady, who's like a old legend footballer, played, but I, that's my extent of knowledge of what happened. He's not that old. He's old in football playing terms. Let me just try to explain the significance of this to you, Omar. When I was growing up, Tampa was terrible at all sports. It had no good sports teams. I don't know why they've improved. You'd have to ask my dad. But um, they Tampa was hosting the Super Bowl, and then randomly the team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, made it to the Super Bowl. So this is a huge day for the city, and they won. Great. And who did they beat? <laughs> Kansas City. Ah. <laughs> I've actually seen an American football game. We went um, when in Wembley. I can't. It was the Steelers and the Pirates. Are there Pirates? Mm. <laughs> well, the, Tam- the, the Buccaneers thing- are Pirates. So maybe it was them. Possibly. Um, my resounding memory, though, is the fact that like eight minutes can take a really long time in American football, <laughs> especially you know, when you're in Wembley and like, you know, you've got to get home. <laughs> and it just took 45 minutes or something to play the eight minutes of because I'm just not used to a game that stops when the ball stops. Um, but my husband had a good time. L- looks too long for me. No. Now, there are lots of ads. We can't talk about all of them. So um, I'm just going to throw out some brand names and you throw some back at me. And I'll tell you the ones that I thought were interesting and feel free to chip in. Um, so first of all, did you guys see T-Mobile or T-Mobile, as they say in the States? Gwen Stefani and um, what's his name that used to be in Maroon 5? Did you see this one? Yeah, there are a lot of celebrities in the ads this year. It felt like more than usual. I mean, I don't know if that's right, but like a very celebrity heavy Super Bowl. That's just US ads, isn't it? You know better than I do, Brittany, but isn't it just seems when I was in New York and I was in the hotel flicking channels, it just seemed like all the celebrities were in the ads. Yeah, I think so. But I think even from memory, like because I grew up watching Super Bowl ads, that's a big part of the game. It feels like there's even more celebrities than there used to be. Um, well, um, this, this Gwen Stefani one is interesting. He and um, I'm blanking on his name, Adam something listeners are shouting at the 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 phone now but um he uh, he she tries to find Gwen Stefani a boyfriend because she's just broken up she's divorced Gavin Rostell very sad bush fans um she said to up with this country singer who I've never heard of Blake Sheldon is that his name I remembered that and um it turns out to be a sort of disaster on a spotty network this is what Adam heard I'm sick of LA guys I want someone completely country uncultured and Threatened by a strong, confident woman. It's not wings or nachos. It's wings and nachos. Hey, send my onion rings down here. I have your guy. And um, did you guys see this? Did you find it as funny as I'm describing it? It wasn't one of my favorites, but I I appreciate it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was cringe, really. <laughs> and it's kind of you know you imagine these. I'm going to sound incredibly stereotypical, but you imagine these kind of um, celebs shoehorned into ads. And it just seems like one of those, you know, the something that's quite near. I liked the Cadillac ad. Did you see that one? No, describe that. So um, it imagines, you know, in Edward Scissorhands, the 90s film, uh, the, you know how Edward Scissorhands and Winona Ryder's character break up at the end, right? Or they like they don't stay oh. together. So this, uh, sorry if you haven't seen it, this ad imagines what if they had stayed together and they had a child and the child Ooh. is uh, grown up and played by Timothy Chalamet. Oh, wow. Who doesn't love a bit of Timothy? This is the story of a boy with scissors for hands. No, not that one. Edgar, you're going to be late. This one, my son, 
Edgar. Hi, sweetie. So it's it's really sweet, and he's kind of having some of the struggles that his dad had with his scissor hands. But then at the end, he gets to drive the Cadillacs, um, the Cadillac car that has a hands-free driving option. So it's kind of a clever way of promoting that feature, and uh, that suits him perfectly because his hands are scissors. <laughs> And Winona Ryder is also in the ad. Oh, it's good to have her back in yeah. popular culture. Yes. Did you see you see the Bruce ad? Um, Springsteen trying to bring the country back together through the power of a Jeep commercial. Um. <laughs> it's no secret. The middle has been a hard place to get to lately. Between red and blue. Between servant and citizen. Between our freedom and our fear. Now fear has never been the best of who we are. And as for freedom... Yeah, what do you think of that? Do you think, I, I thought it was really worthy, but does it work for you? Uh, I, I mean, I, I come from a, you know, a big Bruce household, so, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, he could do no wrong. I've seen him multiple times with my dad. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there is a weird cross-section, you know, I don't know, you're the expert, Brittany, but... <laughs> You know, across the political divide, there will be Bruce Springsteen fans. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm going to I'm gonna throw you two ads, one of which I loved, one of which I hated. First, I loved um, the Doritos ad with Matthew McConaughey. Did you see that one? Um, where he's this two-dimensional character for some reason. It's to promote the 3D variant of these crisps. And uh, it's just really well done. It's really funny. He goes on the chat show with um, Mindy Kaling's the other guest, and everyone's like, did you drive it? And you're, you're flat. And it reminds me of, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Flatland. It's like this cult animated film, and it's just, it's so clever yeah, and it's so yeah. wonderful. And it's it's nice to see Matthew McConaughey kind of make a bit of fun of himself. It's like I used to be on solid ground. Please welcome Matthew McConaughey. Did you drive here or did you travel by fax? I want to break free. There's got to be a way to get back. I want to break He's a great comic actor. What happened to him being a creative director, by the way? Is that still a thing? Didn't he have an agency? Let's not talk about that. That was a low moment. Oh. Uh, we well, we need to get into that at a later point. Um, That's a whole episode, Omar. Okay. All right, all right. That's my Matthew McConaughey. And one I really didn't like um, was Cheetos. We had um real life couple, um, Ashton Kutcher and Myla Kunis. Did you see this one where um, Shaggy's in it? And they basically, oh they do a riff of um, It Wasn't Me. And it's really tone deaf singing. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's um it's not good. Just tell him it was you. But I caught you at the counter. Wasn't me. Saw you snacking on the sofa. Wasn't me. You even had him in the shower. It wasn't me. I even caught you on camera. You're the one who granted access to your snacks. Well, my favorite is actually the Amazon ad um, that Lucky Generals made. Did you see this? The one with Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, so they imagine what if Alexa was in the body of Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And French is... Tu es la femme la plus belle que j'ai jamais vu. Alexa, turn on the sprinklers. Honey, I already ran the sprinklers. 
Lexa, stop. Things are getting way too wet around here. Lexa, dim the lights. Um, it's funny, and uh, I just, yeah, I think it's um, their one of their best Am Amazon ads that they've made. This is, I think, their su third Super Bowl ad for Amazon. Yeah, and um, they've they've gone really big. Um, they did it last year as well. Um, pushing Alexa. Yeah, last year's was made by Droga Five London. Um. And, but the two years before Lucky Generals made it and then now they're back making the, the third one. And it, it's great to have British agencies making, you know, such a kind of huge American, the, you know, huge American companies, Super Bowl ads, you know, coming to London, getting, you know, semi-independent agencies um, in London making their ads, um, you know, is a, is a coup, definitely. And one we really have to mention, and this is this is surely some kind of record. Did you guys see the Reddit ad? They did a five second ad, which was just, you know, it was loads of text on a screen, like one of those vanity cards you see at the end of some comedy shows like Big Bang Theory. Um, and it had this whole wall of text. And um, it was it. It's basically referring to the recent GameStop uh, short selling phenomenon that kind of emerged on Reddit. Young young youths trying to play the stock market. Uh, that's why GameStop is so expensive right now. Um, and the text uh, quote from the text is one thing we learned from our communities last week is that underdogs can accomplish just about anything when they come together around a common idea. And of course, you'd have to freeze frame. You'd need TiVo or something to actually see what's going on. But um Really interesting. I'm not sure what effectiveness um, analysis is being done on that, but really interesting. It's interesting to see a brand like Reddit advertise during the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, um, they, they're definitely having a moment, Reddit. And um, I actually, they actually got a London office and I interviewed their chief operating officer at the beginning of, oh, I can't remember, it was sometime last year, but I think it was September actually from memory. Um, so Reddit definitely trying to go on a push now and that's definitely a social media brand to watch. It's, I mean, it's a really interesting situation though, isn't it? When you kind of, you obviously had the kind of the other social media platforms democratizing speech to a certain extent and giving power, you know, in, in sometimes positive and sometimes less positive ways. Um, but for them to start, for people to start mobilizing um, and looking at the financial markets is really fascinating. And, you know, I sort of feel like this is a story that's going to be, you know, there's going to be some great Netflix documentaries on this kind of thing in five years time. I can't wait. <laughs> Hopefully they can explain the kind of minutiae of it to us. But, um, but no, I think it's really, really fascinating to, you know, the, the role of short sellers and the kind of private equity houses on the future of businesses has obviously um, been quite, has been huge for a long time. And, and this is a, you know, potential threat to their, the power that they wield. And it's really interesting, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what did you guys think, key takeaways from Super Bowl? Um, spot prices were reportedly cheaper uh, this year, only, you know, five and a half million dollars uh, <laughs> um brands like budweiser usually always there were absent um some commentators um think that maybe it's losing its appeal maybe the brands that did advertise played it a bit safe um what did you guys think i think they did play it a bit safe but what struck me was that um this year I had so many of my friends and family back home saying like they're they were excited for the Super Bowl because they're stuck at home and there's not much going on. So I think it, it's probably trendy to say just like it is here that Christmas advertising is is dying or is this the end of the big Christmas ad? I think it's still a big moment in American culture and people do gather around 
to uh, watch the game, eat the food, hang out with their friends, watch the ads. That's a big a big moment. So um, I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Brittany has a very special food. I do. I used to have a Super Bowl party every year when I lived in New York that was just focused around Super Bowl foods. <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and my specialty was pretzel dogs, which are mini hot dogs wrapped in pretzel dough. Wow. Are those difficult to make? I have no idea. Not too tricky. I mean, uh, I don't want to give away my secrets, but... <laughs> They're, they were a big hit and they were requested year after year. I think to build on that, I mean, we saw with Christmas in the UK, Christmas ads that is, a lot, we didn't, you know, people, brands took a relatively easy option in many cases. And I think after the year that everyone's had, there were obviously huge complexities in production, which led to quite a lot of animation. Um, I don't, I don't think we could blame brands for playing it relatively safe in this market. I think it is, you know, when the tone and environment is changing so rapidly. Um, this year, I think maybe maybe that's the right call. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, we said it in a previous podcast, it's, it's a huge creative challenge to actually stand out or do something that is particularly cutting edge for all the reasons um, that you guys have described. What's going to be really interesting, I'm talking to buyers recently in the, over the last week, a lot of talk around how spend is being deferred from the first quarter of this year to the second quarter, which could mean as things start to open up, as people get vaccinated towards the summer, um, some really big spending starts splurging onto the market. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how um, the creativity matches with that. Are we going to see a kind of mood of enthusiasm of things opening up, of the good times coming again? Um, it's going to be really interesting to see and what impact that has on the advertising as well. Um, and we'll get into that on future shows. I'm going to let you guys go now. Lots to do uh, this week. Um, Brittany, how's your week shaping up? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to writing some more school reports, personally. <laughs> the school reports? Oh, that'll be music to Maisie's ears. Uh, <laughs> uh, May Maisie, uh, when do the school reports, when can listeners expect to find out uh, the, the truth about what's going on with the agencies? So the school reports are in our April issue, which will be um, out in the second week of April. Um, but because they're such a mammoth task, we have um, we divvy them up. We all have a selection, um, usually agencies that we know best. Um, so they need to be researched and then written and then edited and then kind of proofed out and everything needs to be double and triple checked. So we actually start them, start thinking about them in December. Um, but then, yeah, you won't get to see them for a, a couple of months still. Um, a very involved process and re listeners take it very seriously and so do we what are you looking forward to Omar what am I looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to uh, outside of work on Friday the new episode of WandaVision drops I'm getting very into WandaVision I think um, Disney and the whole Marvel thing they're really starting to um, find their feet with um, the, the, the direct to consumer offer and I think it's absolutely fascinating if you haven't seen the show if you don't have Disney Plus it's really interesting and what they're trying to do to incorporate you know to move on from the whole like big block big blockbuster movie franchise thing and actually incorporate tv um fascinating um other than that um for work i'm going to be looking 
closely at um, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, um, what's actually going on with their marketing expense. Um, a lot of company reports financials dropped over the last couple of weeks and lots of noise around Jeff Bezos leaving a CEO of Amazon, uh, the fight between Apple and Facebook over privacy. Um, but actually, what's the money saying? I think a lot. I think a bit more work needs to be done on that. So that's what I'm up to. Thanks for asking. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for this week and it's time to wrap up the podcast. Thanks again to Maisie McCabe and Brittany Kiefer. This episode of the Campaign Podcast was edited by Lindsay Riley. And of course, listener, you can find Campaign Magazine at campaignlive.co.uk where you'll find we write about the advertising industry and we showcase the biggest ad campaigns. If you're a first-time listener, please subscribe, leave a review, and if you have any listener feedback, please email us at campaign at haymarket.com. Just remember to put podcasts in the subject line. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.